Hello, my name is Hassan Sorrells. This is Tom Libby, and you are listening to the Growth Craft Podcast. The Growthcraft Podcast is designed with the startup founder in mind. This podcast is committed to growing your connections to our Growthcraft advisors, increasing your engagement with the Growthcraft community, and to growing your knowledge about all the benefits that Growthcraft can provide for you and your startup team. We can't wait to bring you along on our journey with our guest today. Here on the podcast, we interview startup founders, advisors, and others about their journey, their process, their product, and where they are going with the Growthcraft community. Today, we would like to welcome to the podcast, John Gallagher. How are you doing, John? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right. So um, as we start off today, as we, as we go ahead and get started, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, for our listeners, uh, who, you, who are you uh, <laughs> and what is it that you do exactly? So my name is John Gallagher, and um, I've, for many, many years, I've been a fit consultant in the men's fashion industry, um, working with some of the most iconic brands over the last 30 years. Um, and what that means is that I would go in uh, as the brands and designers would develop product. Um, they'd get prototypes and they'd have to try it on someone. So I, I was that guy as a fit model when I first started out. Uh, and as I grew and, and became more and more involved in the process, um, I kind of became more of a fit consultant. And so today I'm founder and CEO of Blackthorn Denim. So my 30 years in the industry has led me to create my own brand. Uh, and when I say create my own brand, I mean everything, uh, the branding, the merchandising, the design, buying the fabric, going to the factories, shooting the photographs, videotaping the process, um, everything I've, I've, I've created around this, this brand, which has uh, made me very proud. And, um, and it just allowed me to see so much deeper into the business uh, than, than I was really not allowed access to, but that I had access to. Uh, so it's been a really incredible year, year and a half building this brand. So, so I, I kind of, I love to ask this question because, and I think I might already know the answer. I don't want to assume, but for our listeners, I'll let, I'll let you answer. But so what prompted this? Like, what was the catalyst of, of starting this, this business for yourself and in, in a very crowded, I mean, it's probably one of the most, and this is just opinion. I don't know this for a fact, but for my opinion, probably one of the most dynamic and difficult industries you could probably be in. Right. So what what made you think this is a good idea? What what was the catalyst to doing this? Well, I've been involved with some real winners over the years. By winners, I mean real winners. Obviously, like I said, Ralph Lauren, 27 years there and many, many startups uh, in the whole Ralph Lauren world, uh, all of which were very, very successful. Um, so I know the process quite well. And when the pandemic hit, uh, our business, as you know, kind of collapsed on itself from a logistics standpoint uh, and designers were scattered all over the world. It was really difficult to get product into the United States. And I was always represented by an agency. So, uh, you know, they would send me out 
and I would do my job and, and I didn't have to do a lot of the, of the heavy lifting. I would just go and do my job and, and they took care of everything else. So when the pandemic hit, um, I was allowed to leave my contract at the time I was with click models because I was also doing some print work uh, for my whole career. So they let me out of my contract and I started a company called the critical fit. And I reached out to all of the brands that I had been working with for some of them decades. Um, and here we are on Zoom. And I said, have you guys heard of this thing called Zoom? Let's let's give it a try. And I was able to get them to ship me product. And we started fitting, doing these, these Zoom fittings. And I had everything set up perfectly, the lighting, the, the remote photography, you name it, everything that we did in studio, I was doing in my home. Uh, and it just kind of snowballed. And, and I was working 14 hour days and I was re receiving product from all over the world, literally. Um, my doorman was like, oh, my God, what is going on? And it, and they were very, very I, I couldn't have done it without them because honestly, they received a lot of goods over the over the course of almost a year and a half. So that really um made me super engaged in the process where before I was engaged in the fit process and, and literally looking at the garments with designers and merchants and all of the experts involved at the brand. But now I was there doing all this work. They were on the other side and they were trusting me with their brand. Like literally how did the fabric feel? I, I was doing wash tests and wear tests and photographing the product after I wore it. And did it stretch out too much? And, and we, we would realize that it was actually more engaging and more involved and actually more beneficial to the brands because they were actually seeing what the customer was going to see, not just as a from a fit perspective, but how did it actually perform? And some of these stretch fabrics didn't always perform so well because they got they really started stretching out way too much. Um, so we'd have to you know scrap that that fabric and move on to something that that was a little more sturdy. So in, in doing so, working 14 hour days and, and have racks of clothing with all my brands lined up for the next fitting, you have to receive the goods, unpack the goods, iron and steam the goods and prep for the fitting and then pack it all up and send it back out, plus do photographs. So we're doing all this work. And my fiance and I said, well, we should be doing this for ourselves. You know, this is actually everything all encompassing. And I've always wanted to do it, but I was always just too busy. My 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 career has been fortunately busy every day for, for decades. And it was hard to even think about doing my own brand. Um, but I started thinking about it. And then I started the branding process and um, kind of went down the road of you know, my Irish heritage and um, discovered these 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 uh, chieftain trees. It was like from the ancient Ogham alphabet in the fourth century. And I went through all these trees and found blackthorn, which means strength and triumph over adversity. This is in the middle of the pandemic. So I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm. that's good. Let's do that. So, and then we created with my graphic artist who has been a friend of mine for a long, long time, went through the process of trying to get the trademark and some of them got kicked back because they they were assuming that was going to be too similar to some other brands that we won't talk about here. But um, so we just changed it a little bit, a little bit more artistic and actually ended up liking um, what we what we came up with from a branding perspective, more so than the actual iconic letter that stands for Blackthorn in the ancient Olgum alphabet. So 
Um, and we got the trademark, which was wonderful. And then we were up against the timing of the trademark expiring before you have product. Mm -hmm. So the pandemic is still raging on and I don't have time to actually design anything, but I have this wonderful trademark that I own. And um, well, it was, I had applied for it, but we don't, you don't own it until you actually produce the goods. So, um, and as things started to wind down, we ended up coming back to the States and um, developing Blackthorn here, got the product made and we're, we were able to get the trademark. And, and now we are, you know, we're rocking and rolling with the whole process is actually done. So we're, we're ready for, for sale now. What you just laid out there is a great example of sort of going from, um, it's, it's sort of what was laid out in uh, the four hour work week, right? Going from being the, I'm going to use the analogy here, being the chef that works for a restaurant to being a chef that winds up on that Netflix show, Chef's Table. Yeah. Except in your case, you either wind up in, and I got to, I got to drop the movie reference here. I'm a huge movie guy. Tom's a huge movie guy. I apologize. I have to, because we're talking about fashion. Um, your movie's either going to be Zoolander or Phantom Thread. <laughs> I, sorry, I had, I had to do it. I had to do it. As long, um, as, long as, John, as long as John doesn't become the devil wears Prada. We're okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Huh. So um, this is fascinating to me because all of the kinds of things you're talking about, um, particularly in the development of the, the development of the trademark and the IP, and really sort of building a brand around um, this IP, right? right. Um, around something that is fundamentally, um, I don't want to use the word common, but we are in a world where most people think, and particularly during the pandemic, I'll just put a camera in my house. I can show up on camera. It's fine. Like, there's not going to be any problems. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, the only reason I know that there's an issue here is because, you know, I have a, my, my, my background is in the fine arts. So I realize just exactly how, how hard art actually is. Yeah. Um, I'm also a huge fan of cinema. Uh, my wife is a professional photographer um, as well, headshots and college and weddings and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, for years, right? 20 years into all that. So I recognize just how difficult all of this is, right? From just lived experience. Um, there were many people during the pandemic that just sort of showed up on camera, <laughs> right? right. Um, some of them without pants, notoriously enough. <laughs> um, how did you overcome? This is a huge question for me. How did you overcome that barrier of people thinking, well, any model can do this, so why would I hire John? How, how did you how did you break through that with people? Was it just the networks and the connections you had built up over the course of time and that trust? Or was it something else that you were able to infuse into the brain? From, the, from developing Blackthorn or when I was actually working with multiple brands at the same time? Well, from for developing Blackthorn, right? Where you're working with those multiple brands at the same time and you, you like you said, you looked at your fiance and you said, we should be doing this ourselves. Yeah. And then you moved, into, you moved into Blackthorn. How did you convince those brands, right? right? To take that step with you so that you would then have the courage to take that step to go into, into Blackthorn? It's a great question, you know, and, and during the course of a, a long career, like I've had, 
you develop a, a multitude of relationships in mm-hmm. every aspect of the business. And, you know, if you don't burn bridges over a career, you can actually utilize uh, and, and a lot of them well, as you do favors for people over the years, or even if you just show up the way they expect you to show up day in and day out, when it, it, it the time comes that you might need something from them, or e- even if it's, you know, just picking their brain, mm-hmm. um, the door has been open for me. I'm very, very fortunate in that regard. Uh, the development of, of the product that we're, we're making for Blackthorn is all made in the USA for, from a, from the jeans perspective. Um, they're made on vintage Draper X3, the looms that Cone had at the White Oak Mill. They're like a hundred year legacy on these things. They're very, it takes two hours to make enough fabric for one jean. I love that. And, and, yeah. and the quantities were very, very limited. So we developed three different fits for Blackthorn. Um, and I, I would never have been able to um buy this fabric i don't think if i didn't have the connection that i the connections that i have and as we grow blackthorn uh i will i will lean on these connections because they're all over the world um i was fortunate enough back in 2005 um this mannequin company developed a mannequin and and it was a new process for making mannequins and they approached me because i was at at that time i i had just a lot of big brands that I was working with. So they they could see that if they could replicate me at the factory level, um, we could actually reduce the product, you know, the approval process by 50%, which is huge. Environmentally, it's huge. Uh, and, and it's huge from a timing perspective. So at that time, I was with Ford Models and they didn't want me to have any part of somebody scanning my body because I was I was their guy, right? So, right. and but I'm looking at it as as it's a tool for the industry to use mm-hmm. to make the product better, to make the product faster. And if we can do it faster, then I can work with more brands. And but they they looked at it as this thing that's going to put me out of business. Um, and so I had them. I told them, look, I'm going to do this with or without you. I, I'm, I want to do it without you. So I was trying to get them to to give me a waiver from my contract to do this outside of my contract because it was something that came to me and I developed and I wanted to develop. So we had a little bit of a, you know, showdown about that. And ultimately I decided to walk out the door and they said, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll let you do this thing on the side. You stay here with us. And so I did, I said, it's fine. So in 2005, I, I signed an agreement with this company called Alvinon and, and they, we did a scan and, and it just, kind of blew up that everybody was buying my mannequins and putting them all over the world in all these different factories. And it's that way today, every quarter I get a report and all the brands, every, everyone that's manufacturing anywhere in the world, I know where they're manufacturing it and what they're manufacturing, who they are. And, and I'm so happy that I, I, I made that move because now we're into 3d avatars. Mm-hmm. So that, that mannequin is a physical mannequin at the factory, but the designers can work on it in CAD form in the computer in 3D. We can drape on it. We can make it all different sizes. And so I developed, a, I had a new contract with them now because it has to encompass the the avatars. Um, but it's been an amazing process and a thing to be involved in for the industry as a whole. It's not like it, it makes me rich, but it's a nice annuity every quarter and it drives the business forward. And technology is is 
yeah, it's been amazing, really amazing. I will say I love the journey that you're talking about here. Um, I love the fact that you're talking about products that are made in America. Um, I think that's huge, particularly um, in a post-COVID world where we are, uh, where where deglobalization is moving along at pace, not right. uh, not evenly everywhere, but is definitely moving along at pace, um, and where some of the <clears throat> assumptions that lay behind supply lines um, that were really challenged during COVID. Um, really are um, really are being um, are being shifted around, right, and are being moved. Some of the the economic assumptions, some of the political assumptions, some cultural right. assumptions, and so it seems as though um, your your product and your project uh, are really coming along um, at uh, at just the right time. Um, tell me, have you received any um, any um, you know customer feedback um, about? Um, about your uh, about your uh, your clothes your clothing line and, and sort of what you're developing and how has that how has how has the how has the user slash consumer right how how have they sort of responded to to you in the market? It's uh, it's it was my biggest concern right here I am working in the industry perfecting other brands fits for them and and have had great success in doing so but when it's your own product and especially when it's 100% cotton our jeans right now they're 14 ounce denim not an easy fabric to actually make feel really great out of the gate but i i wanted to take us back to our roots considering where these looms what what they made back in the day right the type of denim that they made and where we have gone in denim today with all the synthetic fibers and the light and super stretchy fabrics there's a lot of guys in this world that have never put on a pair of raw jeans that to me is just mind-boggling so i want to i wanted to start build a foundation of, of blackthorn around raw denim and the feedback has been amazing so i developed three different fits but i instead of just having you know the classic fits i wanted it to be very specific to body types mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's, you know, body types, mesomorph, morph, mm-hmm. morph, ectomorph. And uh, so we actually decided to, to build the gene from the ground up on each fit. We have three fits. One's the, the slim Jake, uh, the chieftain straight is the second. And then there's the big galley, which is the third. And in the somatotyping world, there's a, there's a graph that exists and there's a numbering system to it, and the numbers correlate to all different types of body types. But at the end of each tri- at the end of each point in the triangle, there's a specific number that indicates mesomorph, endomorph, ectomorph. So I've utilized those numbers in the fit system for Blackthorn. So the seven one one is the big galley. It's a bigger number as well. The more balanced fit is the chieftain straight, and that number is one seven one, and the leanest fit is one one seven. And you'll see that on the inside of the pocket bag with each fit. Um, and we're pretty proud of that. We also have a really beautiful sketch of uh, body type indicators. So if a guy really doesn't know what his body type is, there's there's body sketches on our website. You can scroll down, you choose your body type, and you choose your fit. And you can be, a lot of guys, just because there were 38 waist or a 40 waist, if they don't have a, pardon my expression, big ass, or and they have skinny legs, they're going to lean more towards the slimmer fit, even though they might have a belly, but we have, we have their fit. And then there's this, the, my boxing coach, I go to Gleason's gym, gym, just, you know, to get a good workout. My boxing coach 
is a pretty big dude. Um, and he, uh, he's a denim guy. He loves denim. When I told him I was doing this, he couldn't believe it. And he's featured as my big galley fit on my website. He's an awesome, awesome guy. He's a hockey coach. Uh, he's a, he's a kickboxer and a boxer and he coaches boxing. He's just an incredible dude. Um, and he loved, absolutely loved the, the big galley fit. So great feedback from big guys to small guys in all the different fits. I'm not even going to attempt. Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, I'm not even going to attempt to say, <laughs> Stand up, stand up. I'll, I'll tell you. I went through phases in life, right? So I, I played I played semi-pro football for 10 years. And when I played football, I had a 31-inch waist and 28-inch thighs. For yeah. me to find a pair of jeans, I just gave up. I, yeah. I Honestly, I just wore sweatpants. So uh, dress pants were a little bit easier because they have, you can get pleated and big you know, baggier legs in the, the dress pants. But I just gave up on jeans, to be honest with you. I wish yeah. these were around when I was younger because I might not have been able to, I might not have given up on jeans. But anyway, um, that aside, I, I'd like to kind of, let's pull this a little back to, to growth craft just a little bit, right? So I wanted to know, um, from your perspective, so GrowthCraft's a community. We're a community of startups and startup advisors, and um, and you're you're part of it. You're you're involved in our community, and I'm not sure how you want to answer this question, but I'm looking for why. Like, right? So, what what prompted you to get involved in GrowthCraft, or is it something that you like about GrowthCraft that you found out after the fact that keeps you there, or something along those lines? So, if you could talk a little bit about your membership in GrowthCraft, I'd, I'd, I'd love that. Well, I'm just a, a big proponent of communities like this. This is what has helped me excel in my career. Um, just utilize every every aspect of your community. And by the way, your community can grow inside a community like GrowthCraft. There's so many different communities I'm involved in in, in business, whether there's people I met uh, at, at big conventions or 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 growth craft and you know even even Boston uh, startup CFO and like they have been tremendously helpful for us to to know what we didn't know and the older I get the more eager I get to learn new things uh, from smart people and I want to surround myself with the smartest people and and fortunately, I am surrounded by them, it's, and and I think a lot of us are. Our proximity to power in this world uh, is so big, and a lot of people don't realize how how close we are to some people that can really help us get to the next level. So I think here we are um, with GrowthCraft. I think it is, it speaks for itself. You know that that proximity to power and and intellect is what can help you. Excellent. So I would like to make one one point. Unlike Tom, I was in the opposite direction. So um, even still in my <clears throat> elderliness, um, you know, I got a 34 inch waist and I got 36 inch legs. And like I could, I years, I can't find, and, and even now struggle to find jeans that like where they like fit correctly. Um, been struggling since I was like 15 years old. You just like, because I'm tall, I'm tall and I'm skinny. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? Right. Um, and uh, your uh, your fit process that that would have been great to know. Like that would have been great to know a few years ago. So yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, thank you for putting that together. It's um, it's important to be able to take a two D pattern and create it on the table and know the shapes and sizes required to help 
your customer fit appropriately and perfectly in that gene. Uh, you just, it's not as simple as just uh, giving a factory specifications. You really have to be there. One of the biggest, I think the biggest uh, parts of our success will be the fact that I can actually be at the factory. I love that process. And it's just almost impossible for fit consultants, especially of my caliber to, uh, to be engaged at the factory level. It's, it's just too cost prohibitive for brands to actually to do that. So it's a big leg up for us. So we're at the, uh, we're approaching the end of our conversation today. And I want to thank you for joining us today on the Growth Craft Podcast, John. It was great to hear about your project, great to hear about your journey and your process. Um, and we look forward to hearing more from you um, in the community um, here at Growth Craft. Um, what would you like to promote today, if anything, or how could people check you out? How could people get, a, get connected with the brand? How can they figure out what their gene size is? Where are all the different ways <laughs> that we can uh, we can get a hold of you and, um, and get a hold of your project? Yeah, we've built it all. All those questions are answered on our website, blackthorn.com. Um, check it out. I, I love feedback, any, any good, bad, or indifferent. And um, yeah, reach out to us. Any questions at all? Um, we're here. Can they, can they see you anywhere outside of your website at this point? Do we, is there like a, a conventions or stores or anything? Is it, is it all online or is there anywhere that you are going to be physically present where they can check you out? Uh, I will be in the future. At the moment, I don't have any planned events, but we will be in specialty stores. Um, the timing of that is not set in stone yet. And obviously I want to grow this thing, uh, you know, as best the smartest way possible, but also I do want to grow it to be a big brand. I think uh, it has the potential. Uh, we'd like to get into the women's business eventually as well. And, you know, it's just a matter of timing and, you know, being really smart about it. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough world right now, as you alluded to earlier, navigating logistics is, is not easy, especially for a startup and uh, we don't want to make any mistakes. So uh, we're going to take it slow. Well, I thank you, too, uh, for being here, John. I'll let Hassan take us out, but uh, I just at least wanted to say thanks uh, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, John Gallagher. Uh, thank you for coming on the Growth Craft Podcast once again. Uh, please check out um, uh, John Gallagher's project um, at the link um, <clears throat> to Blackthorn in the show notes below the player. We will also have links to all of the other places where you can find John, um, all the places on social media where you can connect with him. Um, and of course, all the places where you can connect with the GrowthCraft podcast and the larger GrowthCraft community in the show notes below the player. Once again, I'd like to thank John Gallagher for coming on our podcast today. And with that, we're out. <laughs>